Here we discuss introspection, being, development, and all the good stuff. What is grounded? What does it mean to be grounded? It's a common term that obviously is important to the role of the balance of our daily lives. So what is it that brings you to be grounded? When is it important to seek a place of being grounded? And when is it not a virtuous uh, balance of act to be grounded and rather to seek away from that, the opposite of being grounded, whatever that may be. Meaning, using grounded in a, in a too extreme sense. So let's, let's first discuss why someone would need to be grounded. I think everything is better when we start with why. If you view um, our our being, our autonomous being, as just a comp- compilation of parts, of of limbs, of members, of biology, of a form that doesn't have a congruent through line, then we we won't be able to discuss the concept of being grounded. Because what state is that? Is that an emotional state? Is that a physical state? Grounded means that I'm bringing everything to a specific place. Now that means everything is following, is going together in in to and fro it's moving together everything is there's a captain and there's a ship therefore we could ground we can anchor the ship but if there's no ship and no captain and there's just a a mounting of parts it's pretty difficult to have this discussion why would you need to be grounded well as we discussed this, this through line between entire human being that is following a procession of movements of energy it's an it's an expansion and a, a repression now I'm talking in an intuitive sense so I hope we're using intuitive mindset when listening of course we can't bring evidence to these things they're they're too sensitive and subtle to perform tests on but we have a sense that we're we're moving in a in a ball in a in a balloon that that blows up and then compounds it's there's something that gives us energy and then something that pulls us away from energy now in this state in a, in a state that we're moving on 
we need to f find out where we need to be. In each state, we need to know where to balance that state. For example, let's say you're in a completely happy state of mind. Now, to seek a continuous happiness is is futile and will lead to failure, but not only that, will not serve the purpose of seeing the reality of, of life itself because life is not fully happy. So to seek the extreme of happiness at all times is denying the full sense of life. Although we could all agree that a compartment of life is happiness. It's not the full picture. Neither is any definition going to be the full picture. Rather, we are using components of a bigger picture at times and we should always ask ourselves, when is it time to go back to that fuller picture? Now, you might say, okay, so I'm happy for three hours. Now, I'm not going to be happy for 24 hours. Chances are things are going to hit. So I could choose to leave the state of happiness on my own free will and go to the fuller picture. Now, where do you go in that fuller picture? You can't just say, okay, I'm the bigger picture than happiness. You need to be in a specific state at all times. Although you're focused on the generality of, of the full being, you can't just pinpoint and say, the full being is everything, and then feel that state of everything. But rather, you need to seek something that will null and void the happiness an opposite of happiness. That way we know that happiness is gone and there is a new state taking on, let's say, for example, sadness. And in that state, happiness is weakening in our identity and sadness is not strengthened yet. And then we're, we're completing that cycle. We're completing that vision of a full picture. Now, I see an argument coming up that why get stuck in sadness? That's that's just another specific state and not go to the, the full picture. And that's true, but you can't fully go to the picture. The best you can do is just continuously going to opposite sides of a coin and just rummaging through opposites at all times. Now, why can't you just stay in the state of happiness and then when sadness comes, it comes? That's true. You can do that and you will be successful at falling into a sadness or a frustration or whatever. You will be successful, but it won't be you doing it. It will be nature demanding it of you. And the difference is when nature brings you to the opposite states by reality, you facing reality itself, as opposed to you choosing your reality, is that you are not in agreement to that big picture. The big picture is an agreement to you. Reality is forcing you into submission, as opposed to you agreeing and being in a connection and relationship with reality, that way your life is more true in form. Also, 
you will be able to dictate when to move and how at the right and appropriate moment. For example, you're at a wedding and you want to feel the joy of your friends and companions and family or your own wedding. It's pretty uh, devastating if you decide to switch in middle of the wedding to a state of sadness and and see it through that lens the rest of this joyous occasion. Now, let's say two days before the wedding, you're stuck in a state of happiness. By the time you get to the wedding, you will burn out. And at some point, nature will demand of you sadness at that wedding. And that is not fun. That is not where you want to be. You want to be joyous at a wedding. You want to participate in that festiveness of a wedding. So what do you do? Well, you control it. You know that you need to move out of it. But you say, okay, we're going to go another hour or two hours. Before the wedding, you know you have a wedding plan. So why would you be ecstatic for two days before the wedding? You won't be able to participate. It's seeing in the past and seeing in the future. It's playing life to the circumstance. Now, obviously, we can't know the circumstance. And there are times where we, we're forced to switch states, even if we planned for everything and foresaw everything and implemented good balance till that moment. It will just hit. And at those moments, there's a certain vulnerability that we should accept. You know, there's something special about being vulnerable to just allow nature to submit you. But there's nothing special about being um, controlled by nature. That's just being a child. That's just being, that's just allowing experience to control whatever happens to you. You are not dictating your steps, your your stride. You haven't you haven't attained adulthood yet. So back to this the discussion, why would you need to be grounded? Well, let's move away from the states like happiness and sadness. Let's go to mega states, meta states, states that are larger than just specific emotions that we can identify. Now, if you and I both agree that you could be in the clouds and you could be in the ground in states, what does being in the clouds mean? Deeply connected to the world, to things, to movement. You are constantly in awareness of life happening and you have a frame of mind that you've built and you're sustaining. And you're seeing things how you want to see them. And you are deeply social and in relationships and such. These states where you have lifted yourself up and connected it to things or people or ideas. And you're deeply connected to things of any sort. That is being um, a, a deep 
participant of reality of of the clouds of 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 something beyond yourself right the clouds is above us it's beyond the world it's it's something that doesn't it's not rooted in the deep reality of who we are right whatever you say about a relationship it's not you it's not your skin flesh and blood whatever you say about an idea it could it could go to the deepest embers of your soul but at some point there's something deeper there right so why would you need to be grounded into that place that core well because we could get distracted in the ideas and the things and the people and we could lose that deep sense of core now what is core that i'm referring to as grounded what is core well core is the core self is whatever it is when you're not doing anything when you're not attempting anything when you're not pushing any agenda or protecting any idea or in social interaction with others this core is as it is now this core can be developed through ideas and through interaction but going back to the core would mean accepting nothingness accepting whatever it is to be and not attempting to move anywhere other than how the core how your natural self just flows now this is a difficult state to attend to because what is that line between what I am attempting to do versus what I am? Well, the idea is not to exert any energy. Right? The core is naturally energized. When you need to exert any sort of energy, then you are attempting out of the core. Now, yes, on the outside, grounded states are going to look very lazy, depressed-like with, with antisocial behavior. That is true. But what is also true is that that is the truer sense of self, where we're not attempting to bridge anything to ourselves. We're devoid of all identity and all people naturally you're going to be depressed because we need that vitality from others from ideas from identity we need that but what what we also need is to feel that core devoid of all things connected to it it's very similar to any relationship where there's the connection and then the need for separation the alone time and then the connection it's it's just a natural component of who we are. So why do we need to be grounded? So we don't get stuck in our connections, in our ideas, in our frames of mind. They could be they could be very rote like. That daily activity, the the standard day, you know, the schedule. It could become very uh, distant from who we are. So 
we, we throw away the schedule. We break everything down. And we just see what it is as it is. We don't even see what it is because we don't want to look at it. We just want to be it. And then after we can judge or before we can judge. But as we're in it, we should not judge because this is just us. And if we're judging, we're attempting to seek a lens on what it is. And then we're not truly being at the ground level. Let's, uh, let's bring a simple analogy, the actual ground, right? The ground itself, the earth, the dust, the soil, right? The ground itself is simply devoid. It just stands. It's just buried solid. It doesn't seek expression. It stays as it is. Ground itself is boring, sad, soft, but empty now if we if we put consciousness to the ground what the ground would want is to sprout fruits produce to be something more than just the ground and if the ground wouldn't want to sprout something it wouldn't so the fact that it does means there's some energy that wants to so the ground's has a goal, a higher goal of becoming something more than just its own dirt. But it in itself is just as it is. That is the state of being grounded. Now, of course, the ground doesn't want to stay a ground. It wants to be something more. It wants to fill the world with produce, with sustenance for beast and man alike. It wants that. But as of now, its natural state is just ground. Just as the ground is that, so is humans. There's the natural state that doesn't sprout relationships, that doesn't sprout ideas, that doesn't sprout um, development or change. It's just routed as root. It's just there. And that's a state to go back to. We, we can't produce great produce if we're constantly producing. Just as the ground, if you, if you ask any farmer, if you constantly force the ground to bring produce year after year, cycle after cycle, eventually the ground will give less yield, weaker yield, and, and will, will bring less effect on, on what, what the end product is, what the goal is to sprout good fruit. So the ground needs that settlement just to be ground. We'll let a year go by and the ground will settle. We'll, we'll let go of this cycle and give the ground its space. Or as we standardly do, we plow the ground. We flip over the ground so other ground could take its place we're giving we're giving a, a possibility of exchange here but all the same idea the ground needs its own space if you don't give it its space it won't produce as well and so so are we if we don't give ourselves that groundedness we won't produce well well 
as we produce more and more without grounding ourselves, our production will be just less quality and less quality as we go along. This leads us to the extreme on the other side, which I, I, I told we're going to discuss. The extreme on the other side is to, to constantly want to be grounded because, well, I just mentioned quality. Who wouldn't want a quality production of life? The deeply grounded people have great relationships. If you, if you meet someone that you just feel constantly connected to, that all people feel connected to, they're generally more grounded because they're always sprouting from the deepest places of who they are. So it's just great to even have the smallest of talk with them. The downside of this is that you could obsess over quality. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be the greatest quality of, of, of being. And usually there won't be actual perfectionists like uh, I insinuated. Or rather, they're going to be the opposite of perfectionists. They're going to be attuned to the best. And that itself is not a problem. It's not an OCD problem. It's, it's good. But to see quality at all times eventually will demand being grounded at all times. Will demand also a deep isolation from society which also will demand less quantity. You let the ground rest every, you know, every for seven years and then plow on the eighth, another seven years, right? You're just not getting any, you're getting a little bit of yield, but it's once every eight years. It's not, there's not, there's no production happening. And also there's a deep isolation of that ground. What is it serving? And so on and so forth. So there's that balance of quantity and quality. You want to be grounded, but you also want to interact and participate in life and in being and in relationship and in development of ideas. You want that. So the first question we asked was, what is, why do we need ground? Why do we need to be grounded? And the answer is because that's our core state and we need to be in our core state at times in order to sprout forth better quality just as a natural ground is, hence the word ground. Now, the next question is, well, we answer the third question, which is what's the extreme? What's the, what's the lack of virtue in groundedness? And that is just focusing on the best quality but not producing much of life and, and deeply isolating yourself from society. Now let's discuss what is grounded and, and what's the implementation of being grounded. Okay, so let's take that example of the wedding, right? At some point, you feel this necessity that my quality is just, it's lacking. My emotions are not deep. Things You feel this state where all you have is the attention to what you're dealing with as opposed to the producer of that attention, your being itself. You, you see that your connections are lacking deepness. It bothers you. It should bother you because 
you were you were you were leaving the state of ground, but you're also you're stuck in in a mode of lack of quality of everything you're doing, even the things that you're deeply dedicated to. They're just not producing well. You see production lacking. Okay, so what do you do? Well, you could you could just call an ace and ace and say, this is nothing. Life is nothing. You could start bringing the existential component. Then it's all broken. What do we get? We live, we die. We could bring it there. But the truth is that this is a natural state that your soul is demanding. So you could just open up those valves and let it speak for itself. You could allow your emotion to say, or yourself to speak with your emotion and say, where am I really at? What am I seeing in all this? Meaning, where, where's, where's the, the bigger state? Remember we discussed how there's the full picture and the specific states? Where's that bigger state? Let's, let's look at the bigger state. Like, yeah, okay, it's good here, but let's see something that's bigger than just this picture that we have. You can also attempt with the body. You could focus on your body with like meditation. You could focus on your limbs and your vulnerability is important. You could focus on that vulnerability. You could focus on those deep feelings that you're having that you're not allowing expression. Now, at this moment, it sounds like I'm discussing expression because it's kind of cousins to expression, groundedness. When we're not grounded, we don't feel all our feelings. We don't, we don't tend to all our thoughts. We're missing, we're like skipping uh, information. We're having information gaps. And we're having emotional gaps. Very much like a computer. And we could tap into that information. You could pay attention to the subconscious. Like, okay, that's what I'm thinking. But what am I really thinking? Oh, that's what I'm feeling. But what am I really feeling? When this person passed me by, I could act like, okay, everything is fine. But I felt something there. There was something in me. You could allow the... But we're not talking about expression in the sense of feeling your pain. We're talking about recognizing yourself as it is. And as you start developing that inner sense, you will start to see that bliss fall away. And that's good. You don't want bliss. Groundedness is not bliss. It's anything but bliss. You start to see the the real broken self that you are and the broken self of society the broken world, the broken reality. And as I we discussed before, it's about seeing the full picture. It's not about getting stuck in the state of brokenness. And there's something there for other work of life. But in being grounded, you don't need to be stuck in the state of brokenness, but rather the brokenness, the state of brokenness will help you alleviate all that deep connection to the reality and the world. And then you could see the full picture. And 
if you get to a deep state of groundedness, then everything is uncomfortable. Every interaction is just, you know, empty. And all that vitality that you had is gone. It sounds like a depressed state, but it's rather not depression at all. It's just the core of who you are, which is depressed. The core of us are, look at the word, depressed. It's repressed. We we remove the outer layers, so now all you see is the depressed part of you. Now, watch, allow yourself to flow through life. It doesn't have to be for 10 days. It doesn't have to be for three days. It could be for a couple hours, but usually it's a day or two to have it natural. You know, if you're if you're forcing it, then you're just... You're, you're, you're seeing it, you're just using it in order to get out of it, but you need to fully immerse in it to a point where you don't know, you don't have the energy to get out, and that's when you're ready to get out. When you don't have it in you to get out, then that's when you get out. And this is how you roam through it. And now it's time to get out. You've recognized that it's time to get out, and then you could seek to sprout. You could ask yourself, okay, everything is nothing, but if everything is nothing, what am I choosing to do? Where do I put myself? But this is an important stage because you don't want to force it like, okay, I took off a day of work and now back to the schedule. What am I doing? You're, you're throwing on an external, you're throwing out a jet engine on a subtle, you know, on a subtle small person you're throwing you're throwing too much at yourself at once so what do you do i'll tell you what you do you start simple dialogue what have i learned from this experience what do i actually want to be in life you're starting afresh and you need to treat it as a fresh sprouting if you just go back to the job the same way you went back, you were in it before, then you are, you are forcing two states to be. You are forcing sprouting from a place that's not your ground. And now you have this fresh ground. Now, how do you want to build it? And don't tell me you're going to build it the same way you did yesterday because there's no such thing as the same crop. It has to be a different crop. It has to be something different. Now, the external schedule could be the same. The nine to five, you don't have to quit a job every time you ground yourself. But you could see your job differently. You could see how to deal with it. You could see how to mend the relationships or or how to view the, the work that you do or to separate from it and to find yourself in it or to or to cut it down, or or to quit, or there's so much in life, even in these these structured schedules that you could explore. It's limited, but life is limited. We can't be president, so we're, we are limited. question is how limited, but that doesn't matter too much. What matters is how do we move around in it, and this is all these questions that you have to ask. Now, the the sprouting stage of getting out of being grounded should be slow and steady. A jet engine and a subtle, weak, vulnerable person is, is just a recipe for disaster. It will just hurt you physically. Literally, it will hurt you physically because you're just 
you're just so deep in state and, and in brokenness and just you're just like okay now let's just act like nothing happened and just move and you know uh let's run a marathon it's just not it's not the way to be nice to yourself and then you sprout and in that sprouting you 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 become someone different someone that's connected to what you experience at the state of groundedness what you felt you know, you you take you take you take a couple isolated examples of how you experience your state of groundedness, and remember, you don't want to judge it as you're going through it. It's only after retrospect you look at it and you say, "Well, I experienced this. I felt like this about that relationship. I I saw my life at this this way. You know, I saw a deep brokenness in that." And then your sprouting should be based on those things. I'll give you an example. When I was recently in a grounded state, I was watching a YouTube video of the, this couple that was on a yacht and exploring an adventure, deep adventure, and I saw myself craving adventure. So after, it wasn't a judgment at the time, but after, in retrospect, I said, well, I need more adventure. Now, what does it mean to be adventurous? Does it mean to get it on a horse and ride out to the sunset? Or does it mean, you know, a personal adventure, maybe seeing seeing a certain vitality of life or or taking more risk or right? I but I'm craving that and that's what I I need to feed that because it's a deep importance to me, not to you, to me. So you find your states in that. You you allow it to speak to you and you sprout from there and nowhere else. So it should be a slow and steady process because you need good dialogue and conversation. Now, if you're not somebody with an inner dialogue, then you could have conversations with others. You could sit down with them and say, okay, I'm, I'm looking for a good direction of life. And they'll advise you and you'll have that discussion. And, but you're starting anew and you need to treat it like that. Now, how often do you need to be grounded? Well, depending on how much quality you want to have in life. If you ground yourself every three days, you'll have quality, but you won't have quantity. If you don't ground yourself at all, you'll just have uh, the cheapest form of quantity ever. And and it won't have any deep meaning to you or to others. So it's striking that balance. That I can't advise on. It's, it's personal preference and choice. Just saying that the extreme of too much groundedness will isolate yourself from society and the extreme the other way will... You'll be connected to society, but only in a very, very uh, a cheap version, a cheap sense of it. And when I say society, I mean yourself, I mean your friend. I, society I use as a very general term, but it, it could be very, very deeply specific. So I think we covered a little bit on, on the concept of groundedness, but let's not get confused. Groundedness is not depression, although... It's friends with depression. Groundedness is not expression, although it's cousins with expression. Groundness is its own thing. Yes, the ground, the dirt is depressed. And yes, the dirt is expressing itself in natural form. But no, the dirt is not in a state where it needs to feel its emotions because it's feeling too much pain. 
or suffering or confusion, nor is the dirt having deep problems with existential ideas about themselves and others and stuck in a state of deep depression. There's other discussions for depression and for expression. Not this. And they're not the same. So let's keep it to the focus of what we're discussing and happy grounding and happy sprouting. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to see the video version of this, check out my channel on YouTube.